Well, the Valkyrie cycle's on break. We got to make some bonus content. Um, my name is Saffron Heftegaub. I am the creative director of Midnight Ceremonies Media. I also am a bit of a fan studies scholar and person who likes talking about media. And especially, I believe in, um, I, I really believe in making media studies more accessible. Um, and one of my favorite phenomenas is when um, there is an observable trend that someone decides, hey, here's a name for this thing. Um, and if you've been on Twitter for the start of 2023, you've probably been seeing some of the memes that are like, behind every gay person is a gayer, more evil person, or um, what would happen if all these characters were in a room and you've got the characters from uh, Interview with a Vampire, you've got characters from Hannibal, you've got characters from Succession. Well, there's clearly a trend going on with certain um, media properties, mostly television shows, depicting evil gay characters. And here at Midnight Ceremonies Media, we've got someone who's kind of created or um, come up with some names for these archetypes. Karina, would you like to introduce yourself in case this is a podcast that someone is listening to without having li ever listened to any Midnight Ceremonies Media properties? Yeah. <laughs> Hi, I'm Karina. I'm Karina Revia. Um, yeah, I'm part of Midnight Ceremonies Media. Uh, I'm a player in both the campaigns that we're releasing or that we've released and are currently releasing. And I'm also an editor. And yeah, um, this is this is a sort of topic that's very near and dear to my heart because I, I did come I did coin this term and ever since like I coined the term and that it's evolved um I, I've put I've put many many hours of thought and talk into this um and that term is what this episode is going to be titled manipulative bitch and gender fucked attack dog um hopefully you know it might become more common for people to discuss it uh using those terms and maybe this podcast could be that because gosh sitting in a zoom room is way easier than writing an academic paper about it <laughs> and then we also have with us hi i'm quinn here along for the ride yeah to listen and ask more questions mm -hmm. we also have with us uh another member of midnight ceremony is and friend of the pod. I'm Fabiola. I'm the social media manager, and I'm also in Saffron's other podcast. It's Giving Camp. I'm its creator and co-host, and we are also on a break—a much longer break, but yeah. a break nonetheless. I would argue I'm really a part of your podcast. Rather, you—we're <laughs> both a part of each other's podcasts. <laughs> well. Okay, let's get into it. Um, first off, I think an important question is, uh, what is the origins of this for you, Karina? When did you start uh, talking about manipulative bitches and attack dogs? 
Okay. Um. Wait. Uh. Before we start, I did have I, when I was like formulating my thoughts on this. Spoilers. How are we allowed to say spoilers oh, for? Yeah, spoilers for like a bunch of media that'll be listed in the description. <laughs> yeah, okay. Great. Are we? Can we spoil the Valkyrie cycle? I think we can talk about uh, up to episode ten. So don't talk about things that happen later, but we can talk, you can talk about all the stuff that has happened in the first uh, two arcs. Okay, okay, okay. Which I mean, um, murder has been talked about. <laughs> Patricide has been talked about on multiple occasions. Yeah, yeah. I was, I was just, yeah, if it comes up, it'll come up. Okay, so. I'm trying to actually find the exact tweet. Oh, there it is. Okay. Um, the first time that I have like found like sort of like any sort of like digital evidence of me starting to coin the term, um, was back in november of 2021 and it was a way for me to sort of conceptualize the similarities i saw between the relationship between hannibal and will from nbc's hannibal and essek and caleb from campaign two of critical role yeah as fans of both shows I think have often pointed out Will and Caleb are very similar characters so similar like crazy <laughs> sim like it's been a while since I've watched Hannibal but I do remember like the first the first episode I was like holy shit <laughs> like whoa they're so similar that I once made a mini compilation of like the way that they literally like the intonation of the way they each speak is yeah. eerily similar sometimes yeah it's it's cr it's crazy similar and like I, I could talk about that point but you know I digress so we'll leave it at that they're just very similar um and on the surface Essek and Hannibal are not terribly similar you can maybe see some similarities in being like pretentious rich bitches but they're like it, it, they, they just aren't like terribly similar perhaps like on first glance but it's within the dynamics of their relationship that I was like there's something here and I can compare them and it's juicy and there's moments there's moments and there's dialogue from Hannibal that I'm like I can so imagine this or I can so imagine this dynamic for Essek and Caleb and I I I had said something about like Will and Caleb being attack dogs for Hannibal and Essek respectively and then on my private account, I, I think I like started to talk about it more, sort of like conceptualizing the manipulative bitch. I think my original term was like 
ruthless bitch or like cutthroat bitch but I think in the end what ended up sticking and what I think is like the most apt is manipulative bitch because I feel like it's most descriptive and like most encapsulates the what we're trying to get at here the sort of like archetype that we're trying to get at here because something that um we haven't directly said yet is that there there are these archetypes but they're archetypes in relation to each other that are most interesting um i would like to mention the dynamic tm which is from the blog the niche um which is somewhat kind of known in like there's a fan lore page it's somewhat known in fan studies or like a fan communities of talking about the dynamic capital t capital d um and that's actually something that uh catherine our gm of the valkyrie cycle told all of us about um and i would say that our dynamic uh which I sometimes refer to as the sickos dynamic (laughs) um, is kind of like an evolution of that in that you can define individuals by, oh, that's a manipulative bitch or like that's a gender fucked attack dog. But really they are the, they come into the, like it's the way to define each is by comparing the two would that be a correct statement oh like manipulative bitch and gender like define them by each other yeah yes yes 100 percent. so when did um what exactly like when when was the first time you formalized like those specific words though manipulative bitch and the gender fucked attack dog Okay, the first time that I can find for specifically manipula- manipulative bitch attack dog is from April of 2022 when I was live tweeting my watch of succession and I tweeted, unfortunately, Tom Gregg has just played into one of my absolute favorite dynamics and that's manipulative bitch attack dog. And that was in season three when Tom specifically tells Greg, I might need you to be my attack dog. It's the, the gender fucked was actually added by Percy and it was added on the trip to Seattle from this summer or this past oh, summer. Yeah. I didn't know that was, I thought that was a, a late night discord conversation you guys had. It was actually in person. I think it was like on the way to Bainbridge. I think i might be wrong but in my recollection of it is we were talking on the ferry to bainbridge and percy ended up adding the gender fucked because my top three shining examples that i always pull and that like i always compare all the other sickos that di- sicko dynamics um to is hannibal and will from nbc hannibal Paul and Julian from These Violent Delights by Micah Nemerever and Lucian and Caesar from The Valkyrie Cycle, obviously. Um, and that's one of the reasons why we're talking about it. And this is on your Valkyrie Cycle feed, dear listener, um, because 
there is some insight into uh characters from the show using these uh this terminology yeah and um i think percy was the one who coined yeah coined gender fuck because or maybe it might have been a co-thing but i i like to credit percy um because it, it it they just they they are if you take will paul and lucian they're all gender fucked but in differing ways yeah i mean look we all know lucian astor he him pronouns for now like (laughs) there are genderisms to lucian i've not read these violent delights but i've watched the first two seasons of hannibal and will will literally has like a line about feeling fluid like yeah there 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 is something to them that reads very queer um in more than just sexuality yeah yeah like i i know like plenty of people have um made this sort of joke that like, will is one of those characters that's trans in every direction same like, could be say same could be said about caleb Wittogast. a hundred yes a hundred percent that's like another similarity between those like they could be trans in any direction like any sort of reading of them as trans um is correct it's real and correct in my eyes um yeah uh lucian is he improves for now for now um and paul i when i was reading these vandalites i was like is this just me and my own uh sort of gender queer reading of paul or is this is this something that other people can see and i i i talked to i talked to my friend about uh about Paul's sort of like genderism my friend who originally recommended the book to me and I was like is it just me or like is Paul you know like like he's cis like yes he's cis in the book but like he's not but like he is but he's not and he's like no yes absolutely that's that's it and uh author is actually a trans uh, individual yes a trans man he him pronouns micah nemerever but yes he is trans and he actually tweeted once um and he said my unintentional characterization niche is cis people with trans mask energy and i sent it to my friend i was like i hope he's aware that this is like exactly paul you you named your your main three uh like cornerstones i guess of of the, the of this um this dynamic uh what are some other examples of manipulative bitches gender fucked attack dogs um in media because i since learning about kind of and discussing this with you i've i've kind of co- like noticed some of my own observations in media that i would love to mention but are there others that uh you would want to talk about or list required required reading (laughs) (laughs) um yeah some i think are 
really like strong examples that um I also like like to refer back to and sort of like sort of compare against um we've discussed Essek and Caleb from Campaign Two of Critical Role. Um, I would also say, I know they're very minor characters, but for me, in my interpretation of them and their relationship, uh, Astrid and Eodwolf, also from Campaign yes. Two of Critical Role. Yes, thank you. Yes, yes. <laughs> I've I've talked about this, be- like realizing when we were i was able to get this terminology i realized that um i enjoy the what i enjoy about the bren bren or caleb astrid dynamic and then the uh like Eldwolf astrid dynamic is astrid is the manipulative bitch and like that's what's so interesting is that like caleb is not like caleb isn't the one who's like got all the power and secrets she does anyway yeah yeah a hundred percent a hundred percent um it's been um a long time since i've seen the show or especially the seasons with these characters in them but as i remember locus and felix from red versus blue um i mentioned it before but Tom and Greg from Succession. Uh, here's a, a little bit more of a normalized example, but the the dynamic is still there in my interpretation and how, as a big fan of the show, of, of the podcast, um, Juno Steele and Peter Nereev from the Penumbra podcast. Um... Louis and Lestat from Interview with a Vampire, the yes. TV show, because I have not seen the movie or read the books, but it's, I've seen the movie. They are somewhat that in the movie. I mean, Lestat is manipulative bitch. Lestat Always. is incredibly manipulative bitch. Um, Billy and Stu from Scream. Yep. Yeah. Um, I've actually not seen Killing Eve. I mean, Killing Eve is killing. People say Killing Eve is like the WLW Hannibal, and I'd agree. Like that, the there's there's very similar vibes there. Um, All right, yeah. Uh, so you speaking as someone who's seen the show, agree. Yes. So yeah, I feel. I, I didn't feel see more the final season, but that. the final season is, from what I've heard, is trash. So yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. Wait. Uh. Our our other. F- friends uh okay 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 is this is my volume good by the way yes your volume okay okay great um yeah i did want to mention um from the cromwell chronicles specifically uh the petrov's parents uh vasily and arena nope nope i'm sorry they're too fucking normal they're not they're normal now karina what do you mean now we're not gonna fuck up our parents saffron saffron what you wrote about them, what you wrote about them before, that like the history that they had, I uh, feel like there was something there. Hmm. 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 Interesting. I mean, they're as like manipulative bitch, gender fucked attack dog as like Naja and Laszlo are. Hmm. Like I can see that. It's it's the 
yes, like, it's the I will do anything for you, my love. But, like, that's the devotion. I don't think they have the obsession and, like, superiority complexes. So, okay, because let's get into this. Let's get into some of the other traits that distinctly make, like, as you, like, you were saying, Karina, like, oh, there's a, this example from the Penumbra podcast, but they're a bit more normalized. Like, what do you, what is the, the traits that are the unnormal traits that are showing up consistently? Hmm. Because there's traits in, that are exclusive to the manipulative bitch, and there's traits exclusive to the gender-fucked attack dog, but there's also traits that they share, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, I think one of the as i was as i was like thinking about how i was going to discuss this one of them is that to be a true example of the dynamic or the psycho dynamic whatever we want to call it they have to still be strong examples of the di- of their each of their archetypes when they're separated and also when they're together like a manipulative bitch is a manipulative bitch whether with they're with their gender fucked attack dog or not and vice versa when they're when they're together i think it brings it brings a lot of it out though um i think one of the strong examples that uh i was thinking of for peter and juno that to me juno is very much a gender fucked attack dog uh juno steel is actually also canonically non-binary so gender fucked attack dog this uh there's a scene in i believe season two where juno is having a dream or a hallucination uh of peter nareyev and Juno, who has been recently um, outfitted with a very high-tech prosthetic eye from uh, the mayoral candidate of the big city in which he lives, um, as a sort of, I guess, quote-unquote reward for working for this mayoral candidate. Um, and there's a quote that this dream hallucination version of Peter Nareyev says, and he tells Juno, a dog allows a collar only onto his neck, but you, you fashion yours into your brain and the leash runs out your eye. And that strikes me as like a very sort of shining example of Juno being this attack dog, where even when he's separate, separated from Peter, he still needs someone to hold that leash. And whether that's his you know his romantic interest of the manipulative bitch in peter narev or it's you know um ramsey's o'flaherty the mayoral candidate that he works for he needs something he needs this direction he needs someone you know he see he needs someone to say point and shoot you know that Um, definitely that definitely seems to me to be one of the 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 themes of the gender fucked attack dog is like they need something to attack whether that's literal like it doesn't matter if that's actual violence or not it's i wouldn't say that greg 
from Succession is violent. <laughs> oh, I, I've also said that Greg is uh, the goofiest and least threatening guy to grace the gender-fucked attack dog spectrum. But, and yet, in those Twitter memes that I mentioned at the start of it, I'm pretty sure he is the, like, lop grouped in is the same group as, like, Will and Louie and, like, yeah. it's... yeah. People are seeing this. <laughs> People are seeing that even if they don't have words to say what it is. Yeah. But Greg was somewhat absolutely without direction at the start of Succession. And yes. joining, like being with the Roys, give that to him. But the one who gives it to him the most is Tom. Tom is the one who like takes him in and is like, here follow me do this like and i can make you successful oh my gosh my camera's off so you can't see it but i am doing like excited hand flaps right now you absolutely fucking get it saffron yes absolutely yes greg was directionless but like who gave him a purpose who gave him who who said like who like who gave him a purpose who pointed and it's like this is your purpose this is your direction follow me I'll take care of you, fucking Tom. Absolutely, you get it. Now, that doesn't mean that the the manipulative bitch has everything, though. Yeah. They're often yeah. as lost as the attack dog. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, one thing that I was going to make a... I, I meant to make a Twitter thread about it, but now I don't have to because now I can just talk about it here and now. Um, I think a big weakness I, that is very present in a lot of manipulative bitches, if not all of them, is their extreme loneliness. I think I've, one of you two actually like mentioned this in the Discord a while ago. That was like a big proponent of the manipulative bitch is like forcing the genderfuck attack dog to like stoop down to your level so that they can love that, you or something. I'm pretty sure it was Catherine. Catherine that said, was Catherine. Catherine oh. was like one of the one of the key ways the man, the manipulative bitch manipulates the genderfuck attack dog is the manipulation of of getting the the attack dog to love them. Now mm -hmm. that it differs, like what kind of manipulation it is completely depends but that was what Catherine was saying is is one way that it that that would you agree that that's the case Karina um I had I, I remember like after reading that like I had like a whole discussion uh with my partner about it um because they're they're also like pretty I actually had a discussion with them before doing this so that I could like get all my points in order sort of Shout out to my dear partner, Neve. Now mentioned on both bonus episodes <laughs> of Valkyrie Cycle content. They're my biggest supporter, even if they do not um, listen to the show. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we ended up coming to the conclusion that, yeah, I, I do feel like Catherine uh, was correct, made, made good points. They had good insight. Everything's clicking for me. <laughs> Do you have, okay, you're sitting back and kind of listening, Fabiola. Are, do you have questions so far? I think one of my questions is, can the roles be interchangeable? Like at different points of the relationship? Oh boy. 
Oh boy. Is it time to talk about mirrors? Is it time to talk about my favorite editing moment in all of Hannibal? Sure, yeah. The, the fact that, like, the boundaries between manipulative bitches and gender fucking because dogs one of the blur. examples that i put on the chat i'm i was like kind of on the fence because their roles are kind of interchangeable i would say that what often is the defining trait is like what they desire most because it's how like okay the manipulation versus the attacking say is those are kind of the two like actions that they can take either one can take it on. Like, mm -hmm. I think we were talking about this recently, right? Like, there are moments where in the Valkyrie cycle where Lucian is like incredibly manipulative for his own gain. But yeah. like, why does he do that versus like, or what? what is his ultimate desire? Now this is, I have to be, vague because a lot of the stuff I'm thinking about is still I think in the the last of arc but like for um, me I'm really interested in like the Sylvia and Stephanie dynamic and how they work yeah. into this yeah yeah that's a juicy one that's a very juicy one of like mirrors and like the boundaries sort of melding and sliding around I think that's like a really good example uh, especially like one that's canon because I mean, like, personally, like, an example, like, I was thinking of is, like, me and Percy have, like, talked about, like, if Lucian went to Caesar instead of Luna right after being, like, after having binding cast on him. Ooh. It, wait, I just want to hear what, I have not heard this. What would have happened? I mean, it's, it's, it, it, it goes along with the sort of, like, the sort of, like, sliding around, shifting of labels like sliding closer to each other like again like i think like caesar will always inherently be manipulative bitch lucian will always be inherently gender fucked attack dog but it's like i know you haven't seen it but it's like in season three of hannibal when will and hannibal are kidnapped by mason verger and his men and Hannibal escapes and then he goes back in for Will and he fucking like kills every single guard with a hammer just to like get to Will like it is like a very sort of defensive sort of attack dog thing even though uh, Hannibal is inherently manipulative bitch in that relationship I think like alternatively like when granted Lucian's vulnerability in that way Caesar can be like very defensive of it and would have not um you know Stephanie might have had more issues than maybe you know getting just hypnotized at the clearing from Caesar. Hey I there is a there was an arc where we could have had ghoul Stephanie. I really I really think that because yeah. I miss Ghoul Stephanie so bad, honestly. Oh, my thoughts for Ghoul Stephanie are still rattling around in there. Um, for any uh, people Ghoul who Stephanie, know- Ghoul Stephanie, my beloved. If anyone who knows the, the Monster Hearts mechanics, um, Stephanie's uh, ghoul hunger would have been perfection. Um, and But she likely would have had to trade away her magic to come back from the dead. So yeah. anyway, 
AU, we have AU upon AUs. Um, <laughs> the editing moment I was referring to over earlier uh, in Hannibal is now I'm completely forgetting the episode. I should have looked this up beforehand. But do you know the moment that I'm referring to where they're literally like, it's like a split screen and you see like their two faces, like Will and Hannibal's faces, like literally like blend together? Yeah, that's together. the season two finale. Okay. Yeah. Finale. I know exactly what you're talking about. I would also say another example of like, this is also maybe a bit more of like an accessible uh, piece of media because it's a film instead of like an entire television show or novel. Um, The film Thoroughbreds, um, which you've now seen, right, Karina? Yes. Um, That is uh, a film where both characters have manipulative qualities um in case you haven't seen thoroughbreds it's really good so i don't really want to spoil it but it also it kind of is just like about the experience of watching it where uh on taylor joy's character asks um olivia cook's character to help her uh figure out how to murder her stepfather who she hates Hmm. um and um amanda olivia cook's character is the manipulative bitch and while i would say that lily also has a lot of manipulative bitch characteristics in the relationship that the two of them have with each other like I don't know. It's very, this is, it's very like, it's again, like the blurring, the blurring. Yeah, a hundred percent. I think Amanda and Lily's relationship, I remember after watching that, um, I do, I do remember thinking a lot of, I believe Lily's um, sort of gender fucked attack dog isms stem a lot specifically from her relationship with Amanda because yeah. yeah I think the lines there are like a lot more blurred rather than in other relationships such as Hannibal and Will where like the lines are blurred but also they're also clear cut in a way I think yeah. also with Lucian and Caesar is like another good example and Paul and Julia they're always all good examples they're my they're my three shining examples yeah things that I see as common traits that the that, that this dynamic has that I don't think we've addressedly I don't think we've directly addressed yet um, that I wanted to bring up first before we kind of maybe dive more into specific examples or or, or ask if like, oh, specific examples, how do specific examples fall in to this trope? But um, superiority complexes that indi- that both individuals have, is that yeah. a main trait? Yeah, yeah. I think, I think I've, I've said before that I think that's a very important uh, aspect in that they they there needs to be some sort of superiority complex or maybe not even superiority complex but just a sort of like us against the world sort of on some other level above everyone else yes that you are like a serial killer and your (laughs) protege who is like yeah like you you're different than everyone else and you see yourself like you see some of yourself in this protege or but there's also like the Lestat and Louis thing where they're literally vampires. Like they're removed yeah. from that. Yeah. 
um or like succession where they're like they're fucking billionaires you know like yeah they're not these aren't i'd be very interested to see if there can be um like ordinary people uh who fall into this because i don't know if you can see yourself as ordinary yeah i mean i think it will it will it will flow into your next point but i think that's where like that obsession and devotion comes from because of that need for connection and the that 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 is born from this superior complex or like or it's us against the world or we're just too different for other people to really understand so we're the only ones who will ever understand each other yeah and okay the other things that i'm thinking about is the fact that not just like the the dynamic that the niche puts forward where they're the absolute sweater boy and and uh, or sorry not the absolute sweater boy <laughs> <laughs> the absolute nightmare and sweater boy are the two terms they come up with which those are gender neutral you know anyone can follow into it it's not it's not necessarily gay that's the same case with this even though your three examples are are all mlm yes or also there's there's also the gender fuckness of it but it's not you know, yeah yeah fuck. yeah but like there are straight couples but there's also like how does how essential is the gender fuckness to the attack dog how because I, I i that is something that i've asked you about before that um hmm. i want to ask about again I mean, I think it was something born of those three shining examples that me and Percy, you know, are, were well-versed in. Um, but I think it just, like, ends up being very true for, like, a lot of them. I guess maybe just, like, because of media I like and, like, characters I like and my sort of interpretations of them but it it's it's very it's very real to me like juno Steele, canonically non-binary greg you know maybe most people wouldn't see this but one of my friends the first time they watched succession when they were watching the pilot when greg comes on screen they're like who is this randomly genderous man and I could talk about. I think it's the height. Yeah, <laughs> it's the height and the baby girlism. Well, also like, okay, I think something we've talked about before. I think this is again something that like Catherine has brought up in our friend discussions of like, there is going to be like a subvert a subverting of gender roles, no matter, even if you're like, if it's a cis man or a cis woman in the gender fucked attack dog role because there is a subversion of like if you're an incredibly violent woman that's 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 it's gonna be a subversion of, of gender roles yeah. even if you're cis yeah or like there's now maybe tell me if this is stepping overstepping a line but i think that there's something a little a little bit gender fucky about like pathetic men no, you're totally right. And like, I, I I, would also, Catherine might've brought it up, but I would also say there's something gender fucky about being a man and letting someone else hold your leash. 
Yeah. Oh, now we, then then also like there is there is definitely like we need to talk about leashes because we're not talking about literal leashes though I'm sure like the <laughs> intersection of kink into this could be very interesting. None of us are <laughs> everyone watch Infinity Pool. It's is on my watch. my media wreck. Are there leashes pool. in Infinity yes. Pool? Oh wait, is yes. that why that one press And also arguably has a very important manipulative bitch gender fucked attack dog dynamic. Ooh. I kind of want to talk about House of the Dragon. Talk because about I have thoughts about that, but I also know that a lot of has anyone here completely finished the show or watched the show or know of the book? Uh I've started the show with yeah. you. Yeah, I've not seen it. I, I've just consumed it from what you've retweeted onto my timeline. <laughs> yeah, literally same. Okay, so I'm just going to go on my little tangent alone. So there are two couples that I argue are manipulative bitch, genderfucked attack dog. The first is, of course, Damon and Rhaenyra. Like, Initially, he's the manipulative bitch because he's essentially grooming her for the first half of the series. But then on the second half, she's she's the manipulative bitch. She's like the one who either allows him or not allows him to like do a crime. She's she's the one with like a bunch of political ideas. I mean, it's okay. Now this is a bit fucked up, but I could I could see the argument being made that yes, he's grooming her, but he's grooming her to manipulate him. Yes, arguably because yes. He wants like from what I've seen from the start of I've I've only watched He's a bit been of disinherited. Passage, he he's he's like he's someone desperate for like direction he is yes he is, if we're talking about gender fucked attack dogs needing direction damon is like that's why i was asking the question yeah. of can the roles be interchangeable because their roles are very interchangeable he just needs someone he just wants someone to manipulate him because this is a thing this is a thing right we've that karina you would say that like the, the gender fucked attack dog wants to be manipulated yeah on some level. Sorry to victim blame, but yeah. <laughs> this is, yeah, we're, don't please, no one cancel us for this podcast. These are all made up characters. It. We're talking about made up characters. Fictional relationships and the dynamics that we see in them that are not real people. Amen. I would list more specific examples for Damon and Rainier, but I also don't want to spoil yeah, let me watch that. Let me watch that shit unspoiled. And the other couple is yet to appear on the show. Well, half of the couple has, but the other half is still book only so far. And it's Eamon and Alice. And Alice is, to me, very textbook manipulative bitch. Because in 
the book well the book is written like like a like a second hand third hand history book where like the author is just going off varying sources that are often contradictory and also might have a lot of made up stuff in them and so so like the historians have speculated about like oh how did this bastard woman who's way older than this 17 year old manage to like have him like fall in love with her and be like so dedicated to her and so people are like well she's a witch she's doing witchcraft on him <laughs> and Amond is very gender fucked to dark dog because is he the guy with the pouty little face <laughs> which one there are many guys with pouty little faces in the show i've seen there was the a one with the eye patch with the eye patch and the sapphire <gasps> eye. Oh, that's Amon. Okay, yes. I was wondering if it was the guy with the there was the guy like the little short blonde twinkle. Yeah, that's who I was on the second. I Aegon the second. Oh, that's Aegon. Okay, Amon has the very like ironed out hair and the the sapphire accessory. He's and the guy he I'm also... most excited to see. Oh, I love him. <laughs> He's baby girl. Yes. And he also is very much actively an attack dog during the war. Like, he rides the largest, oldest dragon in the world and is just, as the fandom jokes, just bombing and airstriking everything. (laughs) Okay, wait. I have an important question. Is every single character who could be a genderfucked attack dog um inherently a baby girl hmm or is everyone possibly is everyone who's a bitch a baby girl fabiola you just it's also possible Hmm. what would you say the definition of being a baby girl is you just wrote a whole paper on this well not paper paper but um i think baby girls are essentially morally ambiguous to villainous men who are also kind of pathetic and also have an air of sexuality to them Mm. and like an iconic style that's basically my definition of the term (laughs) yeah none of these characters are are morally good (laughs) that is that's why like murder doesn't need to be a factor though you did mention one of the key examples you have is is these violence delights and you also mentioned like bill and stew from scream many of these i I would like to bring up the fact that many of these seem to draw inspiration from the real real life um leopold and uh leob case i think it's leob or lobe i don't know how it's pronounced i've only ever read it but that was the the case where the two college students were like we're going to commit the perfect crime and everyone was like they seemed pretty gay about doing that <laughs> um are these the patient zeros well of the dynamic they're real life people so i don't necessarily want to say that they're like i'm not gonna like with like specifically referring to rope 
which yes. is slightly more fictionalized. Yeah, but like, yes, there's many of these cases, these these stories where it's like, there are these two men who have this air of superiority about them that are, one of them is trying to goad the other into doing Also, something. speaking of the superiority thing, which is pretty important in House of the Dragon, like the Targaryens- Yes, but also the Targaryens feel closer to gods than to men is what they explain it as. They they basically see themselves as superior to not just everyone else, but also to other royals. Mm. Anyways, you were saying. Well, I don't know. I just think it's I just think that's interesting. I don't really have like an in, uh an intelligent analysis of a lot of these people seem to draw from a real life case but i mean i know that karina you've you've sent me the the foreword or the afterword of these violent delights and how it's like the, the author was like yeah this this was maybe an the inspiration but it goes like i've taken it so far beyond that yeah 100 percent. one of the things i want to loop back on is like discussing leashes and like in the metaphorical sense of like what does what does what can they represent um also once again coming back to the valkyrie cycle and the conversation that like lucian and sylvia have in like episode three when lucian talks to sylvia in that scene he's like oh like i know how the leash can get tight and you know, if you ever want to help snapping it, you know, let me know. And I interpret that as like, he knows based on his father and not even necessarily like the pressures from his friends um, or Caesar. And he's talking about like to Sylvia about, I would say Stephanie, but also maybe he's assuming that her family, but like, Lucian's like, oh, like, I know that can get tight. If you want to break that, let me know. But Lucian doesn't, but like, where is, but Lucian's also a gender fucked attack dog. Does he, 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 where, at what point does he just say, is saying that? How much does he actually want there, someone to be giving him that leash or giving him that direction or pointing, showing him which way to, to, you know, like you point, I'll shoot. Like, can he escape that? Like, if he wants to escape his father from that, does, does that mean he wants to escape all of the, all of the leashes? I mean, again, I, I, I also wish Percy was here, but I, I do feel like I'm, I'm a pretty big Lucian understander. I, I do feel like I, I do think on him a fair amount. And if I'm not the ultimate authority, I, I, I'm like a senior authority. <laughs> um, I think, I mean, personally, I think a part of Lucian craves it from the right person. Yeah. And I think I it, it, it's it's a common thing of like gender fucked attack dogs to like chafe under the wrong person. Um, but there is actually a quote in our quotes channel in the discord that Percy said, Lucian feels most himself when he's serving other people. 
yeah okay and the thing that's so interesting about like the stephanie like the way like sylvia like sylvia's relationship to the leash is like from what i understand like when i've talked to tor is that sylvia like Sylvia's uh, is a case of of somewhat being the case of like using manipulation to get manipulating someone to be their attack dog like yeah like Sylvia wants the direction from her family Sylvia wants the direction from Stephanie and the thing is that Stevia isn't fully the dynamic because Stephanie doesn't Stephanie doesn't want to be her manipulative bitch Stephanie isn't (sighs) Sylvia, I think there's a, I have a quote here. Uh, oh yeah, I have in quotes. It's something that she needs, Victoria, about Sylvia being on a leash. Like, yeah, Sylvia wanted Stephanie to, 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 Sylvia would have been so happy to be controlled by Stephanie and Stephanie didn't. Head in hands, Sylvia, please. I would treat you so right. I would manipulate you so right. I do want to ask this question that we, you know which scene I'm referring to, but I won't say it and the audience won't know about it yet, but how, I guess, aware are, do manipulative bitches tend to be that their gender fucked attack dog, like, is their attack dog, I guess. And like, do... Does it depend or is there a common trait of like the the manipulative bitch like using that to their advantage? Do they feel bad about it? Do they do they do they want the do they want is it possession of that person, I guess? Do they expect to be the only one to be giving orders? Mm, mm, I think I think Ah, that's yeah, that's a good way to frame it. Yes, thank you. That helped. Um yeah, I think there is a sort of possessiveness that is very common, if not inherent, in manipulative bitches. Um, one of the things that I, I, I am digressing a little bit from the point, but it is related, is for manipulative bitches to sleep with or have relations with or whatever with other people for whatever reason maybe to make their gender fucked attack dog jealous maybe because like they're not feeling fulfilled currently in the relationship maybe it's for convenience whatever whatever but it is a thing for them to go have relations with other people and then be like no 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 it's fine if I do that because if I do it, it doesn't mean anything because these people are so beneath me, unlike you, of course. But if you do it, you and your fucking like sentimental heart or whatever, et cetera, et cetera, it would mean something. If I edit in clips, which depending on how much uh, work I want to give myself, I might do and I might not do. I'm putting in the interview with the vampire clip right here because that's literally that. It's 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 like the oh, of course, sure. The, it's the billion totally of courses. Fine. Yeah, <laughs> the billion of courses. I don't I mean, it's not like super present in the podcast, but like me and Percy have talked about it and like we've written fake about it of like caesar like 
having relations with other guys like partly to make Lucian jealous partly because he's like but you're not my boyfriend like why like why would I not like why would I be monogamous or I think that was more towards like the beginning of like their sort of hate fucking hookup relationships which is but not like fully in canon it's like yeah. semi-canon i would yeah. say because that's kind of the, the premise that you were going off of when you were conceptualizing the characters and first playing them and though it's not that much is not as apparent in the podcast because when, yes. once we see them it's kind of like oh they they're already there <laughs> they're in love with each other they just haven't said they're it yet so lame <laughs> yeah but and but i mean like you had asked like did lucian tell caesar that like he kissed stephanie at the playground that's oh like, never brought up in canon but if he did tell caesar probably would have been a little bit upset by that oh the way God. i ride really hard for both Lou Caesar and Steph Lucian and they're both the dynamic as well oh my god yeah, yeah. see the thing okay yeah. this is this is more stuff that is like AUs and things but like the Stephanie how Stephanie is a manipulative bitch to there's a whole okay so there's a whole AU that we have right of Fabiola where it's under her spell at you and it's when it's Stephanie basically like uh make the way we've like oh like she basically would have hypnotized cassie to be hers and only hers and like that's a really that's another like subset of the of the of the dynamic that's super interesting because like cassie would be the attack dog but not fully like willingly an attack dog for stephanie um and then there's like the au of the au where lucian is also involved and it's very fun it's very juicy to me because i like steph lucian a lot but Steph, Steph Cassian is like, Steph Cassian, it hits in a different kind of way because Steph, one of the reasons Steph Lucian is so good is because you have like the ghost of Cassie is always there between them. And so like then Steph Cassian like makes it even more interesting. Anyway, it is, it is, I would say that if they're both the dynamic or our, our dynamic, Lucy is like the healthy version of it. <laughs> Because, like, I do think these can be healthy relationships. Yeah. I mean, yeah. For the, yeah. Some of them can for sure be, can, can be there. Like, I think, like, yeah. Yeah. They could get there. But, um, kind of to, to circle back to the point, I think, I think there should I think there is an awareness there's a very there's a sort of consciousness if not initially that it would develop of the manipulative bitch scene knowing that their attack dog is their attack dog like I mean if we're talking about like post-canon like the way like I envision like Lucy's or post-canon Caesar's very very aware Lucian is his attack dog and would use it to his advantage and he knows lucian would like it oh my god i want to see that so bad i want to see that so bad well okay that's what what i wanted to be my kind of our a final question or a way to like wrap up is like if we're kind of proposing this terminology for people to use um i i wrote it that this 
podcast episode can be both like a like little like analysis piece and like a manifesto in some ways of being like hey here's the kinds of media like here's like a, a, a some archetypes that you can play with um in in that vein are there stories that you want to see you want to explore personally or stories that you hope to see other people explore maybe in the future of like stories that haven't been written yet that could be ways to play with this dynamic um the screenplay i'm currently devising in my screenwriting class (laughs) i mean i currently like in in a lot of like other games i have been like specifically tabletop like role-playing games in general i've been loving like utilizing this dynamic I mean, I think what it's the way the way this dynamic is is helpful to is like a way for understanding like what characters want out of the relationships they have with other people. Yeah, that's a yeah, that's a really good point. Because um, I'll say like some of my favorite variations that I've been seeing are um, as much as I love like the pairs um like in romantic relationships i'm i've been recently watching andor um which i know fabiola you've also seen yes and i'm obsessed with um deidre and sybil yes cyril it's cyril right yes it's cyril Uh, my favorite character in the show so and i would argue that this that is a case where Cyril is a gender fucked attack dog. He needs direction, absolutely, and he needs something that he can like control, but like in and be like do his duty on. And he is seeing that Deidre could be his manipulative bitch and wants it so desperately. And she's at first just like, "Who the fuck are you?" and by the finale it seems like oh maybe there is actually something more between the two of them because they really seem like they were about to kiss um anyway so that's my new that's one thing that i want to see more of of uh manipulative bitches and gender fucked attack dogs who could be in relationships but um they either one of them or both of them don't realize that that's the that they would be better paired up together that's something i'm interested mm-hmm. in um, I'm also really interested in gender fucked attack dogs who um, are um, in a downward spiral. I I searched leash in our Discord and I discovered something that I had forgotten about, which makes me feel insane. I can't believe we said this. Um, quote, uh, Fabiola and I realized that Felix Gaeta, our favorite guy, is a gender fucked attack dog without a leash. That's so true. <laughs> And I just feel like Gata, Gata, need His Gata. whole arc is just him searching for a leash. Yeah. The one last thing that I'm also interested in is like to to see manipulative bitches and manipulative bitches paired together and gender fucked attack dogs and gender fucked attack dogs paired together because I think those are both relationships that are doomed to fail um, because they need to be balanced. Like the dynamic only works when they're balanced out with each other. Yeah. And even then, sometimes not. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Also, just more, I just am, 
what was our thing about succession that we said that um ken stewie could be the dynamic except uh kendall's too kendall's, kendall's too not... like spineless and pathetic to be a real gender fucked attack dog yeah kendall's not a killer <sighs> but yeah. stewie is very much a manipulative but yes yeah that's a really good yeah stewie's a manipulative bitch and um i've said before manipulative bitches need either a gender fucked attack dog or a normalizer which are rarer but um like eva yeah yeah eva's a very shining example eva's yeah eva is a manipulative bitch at heart but um you know in the chromo chronicles she ends up with someone who is very nice and normal and it helps her normalize a little bit now eva if eva had been in mean girl season that would have been a different story <laughs> yeah 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 she was she was she yeah she was born in the wrong she was born in the wrong season <laughs> but uh but no she's doing great she's doing great um great with her normalizer and then like you know in the valkyrie cycle like in a alternate universe like i think caleb could have normalized caesar but um he didn't ouch um <laughs> what final uh what would your final thoughts be to leave with people in either what to, they might look for in existing media or in writing their own stories about this dynamic karina i guess just of things that i like to see and that i like to create is things that are very core to the dynamic of this like mutual obsession and mutual devotion and one of the elements that I think uh didn't get touched on too much but I think like is important is a sort of element of depending on how you look at it an element of transformation or an element of corruption depending on how you look at it very often coming from the manipulative bitch in some way shape or form that I think is very tasty and I think goes along really well with a lot of the homoeroticism of a lot of the pairs being queer in some way mm. I, I I very much like the sort of unleashing of desires and um unrepression of desires and um corruption of self but in a fun and sexy way where you become mutually obsessed with each other yeah, yeah. so true one of the things about like oh this is like usually a toxic complicated relationship but it isn't like it isn't the manipulative bitch doesn't manipulate their attack dog out of malice right it's yes they do it because they think they'll make it a better they'll, a, the best version of themselves or like they want to see someone more like them yes yes yeah actually a meme that i i did want to bring up I, but i totally forgot at the beginning is um this one it, i mean it was like a hannibal meme but really it could imply apply to any of these couples is like i could fix him says the man who is worse like, mm, yeah yeah I, it goes along with that element of corruption or transformation of like the manipulative bitch like seeing something seeing something worthwhile 
in the gender fucked attack dog that they don't see in other people and they 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 want to bring that out like when they when they manipulate the gender fucked attack dog yeah it isn't out of malice it is out of their you know fucked up idea of love and it is that them wanting to un like no this is what you deserve i want you to unleash your desires and your wants even if the world thinks you're fucked up for it i don't because i see the true art and the true beauty in you that no one else does well i think that's our show um (laughs) (laughs) um keep listening to valkyrie cycle uh as and pay attention to you know how lucian and caesar's um how their they their their version of this dynamic plays out um once again all the things that we referenced will be um listed in the description so if you want to um you know follow up read watch listen to any of the things we mentioned um recommend you do and yeah if you start using these um uh this terminology just i don't know i think we did it first karina did it first um if unless somehow somewhere someone else has also been using the terms manipulative bitch and gender fucked attack dog that would be a real surprise but um yeah tell your friends tell your friends about the dynamic start using this 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 terminology and hopefully then we we um Everyone stand Lou Caesar and Steph Lucian. Retweet. So true. Share, share. Like. Repost. Stan Steph cast too. God. Yeah. I feel crazy about Lou Caesar right now. <laughs> That's what this is made. That's my permanent state of being. <laughs> <laughs>